Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM. WFAN New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. I want to dig into a, well, a very bizarre and very disturbing, uh, unsettling case this morning and use it as a kind of stepping stone on the issue of whether teenagers, and in particular teenage athletes, should always be allowed second chances in life. Now, just from that, that very, very vanilla statement, I'm sure you would immediately say, well, of course, we all know that teenagers routinely do and say unbelievably stupid things. And sometimes they do very hurtful things as well. So, of course, so long as they learn from their mistakes and take ownership of them and move on, then, of course, we should always give teenagers a second chance. Okay, now keep all that in mind as I tell you about the case of a young ice hockey player named Mitchell Miller. Some of you may remember this case, actually, as I I talked about it briefly a couple of years ago. Back then, Miller had been drafted in the fourth round uh, by the Arizona Coyotes of the National Hockey League. But Miller has come back into the news this past week. Let me, let me give you the basics. Mitchell Miller, by all accounts, is a really good ice hockey player. A defenseman, he's now 20 years old. In fact, last, last year, Miller scored 39 goals with 44 assists for Tri-City of the United States Hockey League, which is a junior league. He was named both the USHL's player as well as defenseman of the year after setting league records for goals and points by a defenseman. And a couple of weeks ago, the Boston Bruins announced that they had signed Miller to a professional contract. He was going to be sent to Providence to play for the Bruins affiliate there in the American Hockey League. But 
a surge of negative reaction came forth on this signing. In fact, the Bruins president, Cam Neely, actually had to reverse the decision to sign this kid. And Neely was, well, he was apologetic to pretty much anyone who would listen. Even the NHL commissioner, Gary Bettman, joined in this past week. And I'm quoting him here. Quote, what I understand had have heard through the media, what Miller did as a 14-year-old is reprehensible, unacceptable, Bettman said. He added, the Bruins, they were free to sign him to play somewhere else. That's another league's issue. But nobody should think at this point that he is or may ever be NHL eligible. It's pretty strong words from the commissioner of the National Hockey League. So you're asking, what's the background on this kid, on this Mitchell Miller? Well, he grew up in in the uh, Toledo, Ohio area. And as I mentioned, he was a fourth round uh, draft choice by the Arizona Coyotes in 2020. But his draft rights were were relinquished when a very disturbing story was published about how Miller and another middle school classmate had been convicted in juvenile court in 2016 of assaulting and bullying Isaiah Meyer Crothers, a black classmate who happens to have developmental disabilities. In the report, Meyer Crothers' mother alleged Miller had began abusing her son in as early as second grade and over the years repeatedly used racial slurs in his bullying of her son. The story continues. This is from an Associated Press report. After the Coyotes renounced their draft of Miller in 2020, the University of North Dakota, where Miller was enrolled as a hockey player, well, they announced a day later that Miller would no longer be allowed to play with the school's hockey team because of this bullying conviction uh, in 2014. Now, again, Miller pleaded guilty at age 14 to one count of assault and one count of violating the Ohio Safe Schools Act. He and another teenager were accused of all sorts of horrible things, and in particular, uh, in basically uh, convincing and persuading Isaiah Meyer Crothers, the victim, to eat a, a candy push pop after wiping it in a bathroom urinal. And surveillance video showed them also kicking and punching Meyer Crothers. Miller acknowledged what happened and apologized for his behavior. Jody Meyer Crothers, the mother of the victim, said at the time that actually Miller had never personally apologized to her son or to their family, other than through a court-mandated letter of apology, which apparently was done. And in addition to the court-ordered apology as part of his conviction, Miller was ordered to perform 25 hours of community service, which he did. Then, Miller said this just the other day, quote, When I was in eighth grade, I made an extremely poor decision and acted very immaturely. This is, he said this after the, uh, after the Bruins had signed him initially. Quote, I bullied one of, my t- one of my classmates. I deeply regret the incident and have apologized to the individual. Since the incident, I have come to better understand the far-reaching consequences of my actions that I failed to recognize and understand nearly seven years ago. Now, again, there's some, some 
there's some uh, a little bit murky on the apology. One account says that that the court had mandated Miller apologize to the kid, uh, but didn't want it to happen in person for some reason, or maybe Miller thought it had to be done through a court-ordered situation. In any event, New York Times says, according to the Bruins, Miller did not apologize to the victim until recently when the Bruins asked him to do so. And apparently Miller did it on social media, not in person. That, again, enraged uh, the victim's mother, who said that the other 14-year-old who had been involved in the attacks a few years ago had actually gone some years ago and made a tearful apology in person uh, to her son, and her son forgave that other kid. In defending his decision to sign Miller, uh, Cam Neely, Bruins president, said, quote, from everything I've heard, he was working on himself, working in programs to, to better himself. I was under the impression it was a 14-year-old kid who made a really, really bad decision and did some horrible things. But he's 20 years old now. I was under the impression that he, in the last six years, had done a lot of work on himself. But all that being said... Uh, the Bruins president, Neely, did say, well, I guess the team could have dug a little deeper on Miller before signing him. Okay, those are the basic facts. Kid is 14 years old. He was a bully, bad guy. I mean, no question about it. Did horrible things to a classmate who happened to have some, some developmental disabilities. It happened to be, you know, African-American as well. Now he's 20, and he's signed by, obviously, one of the premier uh, franchises in professional hockey. Simple as that. So the question now is, what happens? Is this, you know, I mean, I want to get your views about this. Because on one hand, we do know that kids, teenagers in particular, do make terrible mistakes as they are growing up. And many times these mistakes deal with acts of bullying and other situations of violence. But do we ever forgive teenagers for their stupid and horrible acts? Or this kid, did he just cross a line that, well, just can't be forgiven? There are... As you can tell, lots of lots of issues to peel back on this case. And a lot of what's happening, for example, at the professional level, like NFL, Deshaun Watson, Kyrie Irving at the NBA. Maybe the real distinction here is that, well, if you are if you are truly a superstar elite athlete, the reality is you are given more second chances with your career. I mean, to me, it seems to me that the way it works in our sports world today, that if you are, as I said, a true elite superstar, then somehow, someway, the league in which you play, the owners of that league will find a way for you to keep on playing. But if you're not at the pinnacle, or in this case, a kid who's just trying to to get a chance to play pro hockey, then second chances are not necessarily going to happen for you. So what do you think? Does this kid deserve a second chance? Look, we all know we live in a very forgiving society, but judging from all the, the public outrage and pushback and Commissioner Bettman's comments, it doesn't sound as though Mitchell Miller will ever have a chance to play in the NHL. Is that fair? Should this kid just pack up his bags and go try to play pro hockey somewhere else in the world? Or do we go back to the basic philosophy that playing sports always is to be seen as a privilege, and it's not a guaranteed right. Or would it make some sense, for example, to put, put this Miller kid on some sort of, when the, when the Bruins signed him, to acknowledge what he had done in the past and put him on some sort of strict regimen or plan to make sure he attends uh, more classes uh, about bullying 
and, and, the, and the horrible things that involves? Would that have been more, I don't know, more compassionate, more reasonable under these kind of circumstances? Let's give this one some thought. And again, I'm going to be very, very careful about this because you know, you've heard me for years, I'm an old school guy. That is, if you misbehave, you have to be held accountable for your actions. I'm also going to bring in my colleague, attorney Steve Callis, on this because clearly there are legal complications here as well. You know the number, 877-337-6666. When I return from the commercial break, I'll be joined by Steve Callis. We'll get into this very complicated and emotional issue, and I'm eager to get your thoughts about this as well. Stay with me. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers over overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm joined now by my sports parenting colleague and attorney Steve Callis to talk about what, well, at least on the surface, seems to be pretty much an open and shut case regarding Mitchell Miller, uh, the 20-year-old ice hockey player who was convicted in juvenile court when he was 14 of bullying a disabled peer and using racial slurs repeatedly uh, with this young man. Uh, And we're taking your calls at 877-337-6666. Bruins signed Miller last week. The Boston Bruins signed him last week and then faced with just a torrent of bad publicity. They immediately rescinded their offer to Miller, 
And again, I'm not going to take any, any sides on this issue, but we do know that our legal system is based upon paying one's debt to society. And the way I understand it is once you do that, you are free to return and to pursue your dreams. Uh, and, you know, that's where I bring in Steve Callis. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Rick. Great to be with you as always. Yeah, Steve, I, you know, um, I, I, this case, is, as you and I discussed earlier this week, this is so, so complicated, uh, for so many different facets to it. Uh, look, we both know and acknowledge that a, that a youngster doesn't have any right to demand that, uh, that he or she uh, can sign a professional contract. That's still very much a privilege. We know that. And this kid did horrible things to his classmate when he was 14 years old. He was in eighth grade. It, the case went to court. Miller was convicted. He was given a sentence. It was all adjudicated by a judge, which included giving an apology to the victim and having to do some community service. So he did all that. Again, he was, he was in eighth grade. I'm not trying to make this kid into a saint. He's hardly. But doesn't that clear his record from a legal perspective? Well, certainly from a, a legal perspective, the answer is yes. Not only was he um, ordered to do 25 hours of community service and to write the letters of apology that you spoke about, he also had to pay court costs and undergo counseling. Yep. Um, my question would be, and we've talked about this in the past on other cases, uh, I wonder if you could have put this guy in juvie for 30 days, if it would have straightened him out, you know, kind of a scared straight thing. The, mm -hmm. the real weird thing here to me is that this is a 14-year-old. You know, we've talked about Brock Turner, the Stanford swimmer years ago, 19 years old, when he was convicted of sexual assault and only got six months. But um, this struck me as a very, very light sentence. What did this really do in terms of, and he did write that letter of apology, of course, as you said, yeah. um, the mother, Isaiah Myers Crothers' mother, uh, came back and said, yeah, but he never came to us personally. And when the other kid who was involved came to them personally, he was forgiven. Right. So, um, you know, one of my questions, which you've talked about for years, is where were Mitchell Miller's parents through all this? And I actually Googled that today, <laughs> Rick. <laughs> and when you Google Mitchell Miller's parents, the only thing you can find is their names. You literally can't find anything else. No comment, no reaching out, no nothing. And as you've said forever, where are the parents in all this? So I would include that. But the wild card for me here, and again, horrific, and uh, Isaiah Myers, Crothers' mother said this didn't just go on right then and there, but it went on for a couple of years after that, which again would lead me to the question, they should have been back in front of juvie court maybe, but maybe the parents don't want their son, Isaiah Myers, Crothers, to go through this again. Again, he's, he's uh, a black, disabled 14-year-old in an area, according to his statement, of, you know, largely white classmates. And the thing that they made him do separate and apart from what you talked about, were really disgusting. Having said all of that, I would go back to the kid was 14. He was an idiot. Where was his parents? They obviously didn't do much. If it continued after this, you would have hoped that would have put him on the straight and narrow, but it didn't. Yeah, I, I um, yeah, there are, there are all sorts of uh, unanswered questions. As you said, the first thing he says, well, what kind of parents did, did Miller have, and who knows? I mean, maybe uh, you know, growing up in the, in Ohio, um, maybe they were obviously so embarrassed by their son's behavior uh, that they just wanted to have try to basically go erase their own presence, their own profile uh, from any sources online. Um, who knows what happened in that household? There's no sense of you know if Miller had uh, siblings or what was going on at all. Correct. But the fact the fact is that he did go. 
he was brought to court. I mean, we know that in most states in this nation, uh, and, and rightfully so, bullying is against the law. And, and you know, teachers these days, uh, they are uh, basically instructed. They're, it's part of their job that if they see any, any kid bu- bullying some other kid in middle school or high school, it's their job to report that immediately so that the, the proper uh, actions can be taken. So it, we, we've come a long way in terms of bullying. Again, this wasn't... 30, 40 years ago. This happened uh, just a few years ago. The kid did go to court. He was convicted. Now, you can make a case that the judge and the, 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 the juvenile court judge was very, very, um, his, his, the sentence he handed down was very Lenient. Lenient, yeah, lenient is the word I would use. <laughs> okay, so he did that, but that, that's, not, that's not the kid's fault. I mean, that's, Correct. What, the, that's what the judge did. And, uh, yeah, you might have said, well, this is a hockey player, maybe, in the, and it's apparently, according to the victim's mom, this has been going on for years. Um, I mean, she's been very outspoken uh, throughout all these stuff and, and uh, obviously has tried to really paint this kid Miller as just a hardcore criminal who's never, who's never been contrite about his actions. That may all be true, but the fact is the judge did adjudicate this, and, um, you know, you think, okay, the kid that was asked of him, um, including the, the, the apology. It wasn't, by all means, he didn't go to the, the victim and apologize in person. That would have been, you know, for most people, the right thing to do, but he didn't. Uh, he sent a letter. Um, the question is, what happens now? I mean, is this, is it, I mean, we, as you said, we've had lots of cases like this where, where top athletes have basically, uh, you know, run into, uh, run into issues with the law but they seem to get second chances. Um, this kid, obviously, I mean, his, it looks like his NHL career is clearly just not going to happen. Well, I would focus on a few of the comments of Gary Bettman, because don't forget, there's a players association involved here once he signed a three-year contract with the Bruins, whatever the Bruins say. And I'll just give you a couple of quotes that I've been able to find from Gary Bettman, one of which you read, uh, but also one that was in another article where it's not a quote, but I'll focus on that last. So Gary Bettman said, in an article that I'm going to refer to later called an ESPN.com article, sources Bruins have limited options with under-contract Mitchell Miller. But Bettman said last week that Miller was not eligible to play in the NHL, and that, quote, I can't tell you that he'll ever be eligible to come into the NHL. In another article entitled Isaiah Meyer Carruthers says what Mitchell Miller did to him hurts his heart, hurts my heart. That's a quote, hurts my heart. Mm -hmm. And in that article, it interestingly says, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman also weighed in, saying Miller would not currently be eligible to play in the league without major changes. And finally, in an article entitled Boston Bruins Cut Ties with uh, Mitchell Miller, who bullied a black classmate from NPR, uh, Quote from Gary Bettman, quote, nobody should think at this point he is or may ever be NHL eligible, Bettman Steve, said. Steve, there? And the, and the Brewers understand that now. Steve, have lost, uh, you know, Steve uh, uh, momentarily here, but he was obviously quoting uh, Gary Bettman and, and, and Bettman being the commissioner of the NHL. Yeah, are we his, back on, Rick? His, are we back his on? His viewpoint on, on what's going on with, and, and how the league is going to handle this. And, of course, we're, we're, we'll get Steve back online very shortly. To cause trouble, call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Well, 
Back here on the Sports Edge. Let me just apologize for our technical issues here, but I think they've been resolved, and we will have uh, my guest uh, Steve Callis back on, back on the line very shortly. Um, you know, I, we're, we're talking about, as I said, a very, very emotional situation here, very more emotional issue with this kid, Mitchell Miller. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, well, the first issue is, well, do we forgive this kid? He basically was convicted as an eighth grader, for doing nasty, horrible things and bullying uh, a disabled uh, classmate. We get all that. And now it goes on. He, he apparently has been you know, going to classes over several years. But apparently, for most accounts, he's been living his life on the straight and narrow. Maybe he has, he has lived, uh, lived his life the right way. So, but he gets drafted by the Arizona Coyotes. He, uh, and they immediately relinquish the rights once they hear about his background as a bully and, and obviously taunting this uh, young young peer with racial uh, epithets. Uh, then the Boston Bruins announced this week at age 20 this kid signed, and they immediately, once again, they renounced the rights of this kid. The uh, you know Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, said, "Well, this is this kid may never play in the NHL." I mean, it's it's weird how this all played out, but we also understand there were other issues as well, and that, of course, being the National Hockey League is a, a professional commercial enterprise, a multi-billion-dollar operation. And you can imagine, I'm sure, that the, 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 the owners, the people with the Bruins, the commissioners have said, why do, we, why do we want to saddle ourselves with this potential uh, chronic headache to have a kid who has a background of being a terrible, terrible bully and a, perhaps a racist? Why do we want to sign this kid? So let's move on. Just, he's, not, he's not a superstar. Just get rid of him. Steve, are you there? Are you back online again? I am, Rick. Sorry, 20 years. I don't think that's ever happened to us before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was curious. Uh, you know, technology is a wonderful thing, except when on the one day it does not work, and that yeah. then we cause problems. But, uh, and, and, friends, we are going to take your calls and comments as we can about this uh, very, um, you know, sensitive case at 877-337-6666. What about the, st- the double standard here? Because, you know, the Bruins... They, they, whatever homework they did in this kid, they felt he had, he had paid his debt to society. Well, um, we've, we've talked for years about, you know, tell me how good the guy is, and I'll tell you what the reaction is going to be from teams. And if he's a superstar, as you pointed out before, Deshaun Watson, they'll somehow find a way to forgive him of 24 alleged sexual touchings or assaults or both. Uh, where he now has settled 23 of those cases. And not only that, they'll give him a $230 million guaranteed contract to come back in a few weeks. He got an 11-game suspension. But he's on the high side, as you know. Just look at the guy's talent. Now, this guy was a fourth-round draft pick. Two years later, he's a star, as you said, in the USHL, which makes him a prospect. I don't know that it makes him a star. But the Bruins... Uh, feigning new information or something where no, you know, everybody knew about this kid from two years ago because the Arizona Coyotes went through the same thing. Um, I did want to read because when we got cut off, I was reading this Gary Bettman stuff, but yes, I want to yes. point out one thing. Apparently, Gary Bettman, and this is different from sport to sport, but he still has the right to be judge, jury, and executioner <laughs> in the National Hockey League. But let me read you one option. Uh, From the ESPN article I referenced before, sources, Bruins have limited options with under contract Mitchell Miller. But here's one of the options pointed out by a source. Uh, And this is from the ESPN article. 
The Bruins or the NHL could seek to terminate the contract because of Miller's history. The collective bargaining agreement gives Commissioner Gary Bettman powers to expel a player from the NHL, for example. But a source told ESPN that the NHLPA, the National Hockey League Players Association, would be expected to file a grievance in this case. The same goes for any kind of multi-year suspension to essentially nullify the contract. Now, you and I talked off-air, and I think... A lifetime ban for a 20-year-old who did something when he was 14, and that was adjudicated, you know, as, as the mother of the victim said, he still kept doing it later, but that was never adjudicated, and our charges were brought, etc. Right, right. That strikes me as a little over the top and possibly illegal. And I'll go to the Colin Kaepernick case, where Colin Kaepernick filed a grievance and eventually won a multi-million dollar settlement from the NFL. He never played again, as you know. Everybody knows the background of that. Did he get blackballed? I think absolutely he got blackballed. But in this case, to stop a 20-year-old from making a living for the next 5, 10, 15 years, depending on how good he is, I think that's a little beyond the pale. So when we got cut off, I was reading something from another article that said, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman also weighed in, saying Miller would not currently be eligible to play in the league without major changes. Now, according to his agent, according to Miller's agent, Eustace King, uh, he's made a ton of changes. I don't know if they don't believe that. But for Gary Bettman to make these statements without a hearing, you know, everybody kind of knows what we read in the papers, right? But without a hearing, without due process, without witnesses, they may not want to put the young black man who is also 20 now, presumably, through all this again. That's another wild card there. But I think that's kind of over the top, Rick. I don't think that's going to fly in today's world. All right. That's, 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 and I, I'm glad you brought this up uh, because, yeah, th- this is all part of the, the, uh, the background of this. But you mentioned, Steve, about the Sean Watson um, and he would categor- you could categorize him as an elite superstar athlete. So despite all these these uh, you know basically these lawsuits uh, you know from these women, I mean they're just endless. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, it's just unbelievable. What about Michael Vick? I mean Michael Vick and and yeah. all those dogs being uh, tortured and killed. And, and Michael Vick went to jail. Yeah. He came back to the NFL. He paid his dues. But uh, you know and you know I. Yeah, how you remember that? I mean, what people were not happy with Michael Vick coming back to the NFL, and yet he was allowed to do that. I will say, just by total accident, my son and I were in the Lincoln, Philadelphia, at an exhibition game when the word came out that Michael Vick was uh, going to be signed by the Eagles, and the place went nuts. All positive, all positive. Why? Because Michael Vick is a star. You could argue a borderline superstar, I would say, a star. Yeah. And, um, and as you said, not, not only did he come back and make a good comeback, you can see him every Sunday doing a pregame show on Fox. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if <laughs> Steve, I mean, again, I think all of us learn in grade school and, and into our, our schooling that if you are a, or you're convicted and you have to go to jail or, or you know, do the time, whatever it's been mandated for you by a judge, then once you do your time and you pay your debt to society, that's the phrase we all use, then you are free and clear to go back and pursue your dreams again, which is what Michael Vick did, which apparently was what Deshaun Watson is doing. Correct. Uh, and, there, and there are countless, countless examples of elite athletes uh, who it seems every year uh, they are arrested and charged with domestic violence or domestic abuse, and yet they seem to somehow come back to play. So... Is it that what it is? That's the double standard? It really depends how, how, how talented you are or how important you are to the team's success? That makes the difference? 
Well, that's certainly a big part of it. And the higher up you are on the totem pole in terms of talent, uh, the better chance you have. I would say, and we talked about this off the air, it seems to me if Batman went for a lifetime suspension, that would be like fought in the courts by the NHLPA, the Players Association. Um, but I was all for, and you and I talked about it, I was all for like, I don't know, a one-year suspension. Yes. Maybe even yeah. a two-year suspension. But I don't or, think, even under the law, that it's legal to ban someone for life at this stage of his career for, again, the wild card to me here is for something he was convicted of doing when he was 14, even if something continued after 14, because then what are you talking about, Rick, a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old? It's I, horrific what he did. Neither of us condone it. Um, but I think you have to give the kid a chance to play at some point. I don't know about at the age of 20, but at some point, and I'll say it again, I don't know if anyone else is going to assign him, because now you see the reaction, and they will make a judgment based on talent as much as fan reaction. And the higher the talent, uh, the better chance he has to be signed again. Yeah, I mean, I think that that sort of you know, summarizes what's going on here. And again, the NHL, I'm sure Bettman and his, his uh, board of advisors must have sat down and said, why do we want to have this headache of this kid, no matter where he goes and plays either in the AHL or eventually in the NHL, why do we want this headache? There's going to be protests, there's going to be people going to be right. saying, how could you do this? Are you condoning this kid? I mean, it's just, it's it's uh, they don't want that headache. And they're going to say, no, 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 just the opposite. We, we don't want this. We're going to force the Bruins... To, to, to basically rescind their signing. I mean, it's very Correct. complicated stuff. Um, as you point out, if he were the next uh, Wayne Gretzky or Bobby Orr, might have been a little different. Uh, well, he's a pretty good player. I'm not sure. You know, it's just bizarre how this double standard has evolved. And, of course, kids everywhere who are growing up uh, as athletes and thinking, well, you know, this kid got, uh, got banned, but the other guys, other athletes, they're all still playing. Let's let's Steve. Let's take some calls about this because obviously there's going to be some some feedback and emotion on either side. Let's start our calls this morning uh, with Joe up in uh, in Rhode Island. Hey Joe, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, how you doing? Um, good. Great topic as always. My uh, wife is a teacher. My sister's a teacher. Both of them want to get out of teaching. Teachers do try and enforce what they can. Their hands are tied. They send the, the bully a troublemaker, the inept child that's causing the problem to the office. The mm -hmm. office does nothing, or they hear from mommy and daddy. The problem is the parents that are protecting the child, that is the problem. If I'm telling you something, someone else is telling you something, maybe it's not believable. When so many people are telling you the same thing, there's something wrong. For coaches, defend these athletes, the administration, the lawyers, I'll get a lawyer, I'll get this. It's the same thing even with academics. It doesn't only have to be the athlete that's that good. Oh, we need him on the court. We need him on the field. How about the coach saying he's not playing? He gets a backlash from mommy. Look what happened in Massachusetts, uh, which you said a couple of months ago on your program. The guy resigned after 19 years. The parents yeah. defending the kids makes teaching jobs. That's why you can't get teachers. plenty of teachers in this country. No one wants to teach because the inept parents, the inept kids, the Board of Education, always backing, and a parent will jump on, I'll get a lawyer. And you've got these scumbag lawyers that will defend them, and they make money, I understand. But it ruins the classes, it ruins the kids, it ruins 
everything. But Joe, the difference here, and I hear what you're saying. I mean, my wife uh, was a longtime school teacher, and, and you know, we've had conversations about these situations where the parents don't want to be held accountable, or their kid, uh, you know, everybody gets a trophy. Their kid is special. They're unique. There are special circumstances. Whatever. Nobody wants to be step up and say. But in this case, the kid was convicted. I mean, somebody. Obviously, the, the schools must have brought this to the attention of the of the, uh, the authorities, and the kid was brought and and uh, basically brought in front of a magistrate and was convicted. So the question now is, even though the parents aren't there, and Joe, thank you for the call this morning. The the you know the, this this kid went through the process. He went through the the you know, and Steve, I don't know what you call it. The juvenile court system. I don't know if it's yeah. criminal or what they call yeah, it. But it's not criminal. He went through this, and he and he was convicted. Now, if the judge had said to him. Okay, here's the deal. We want to make sure this never, ever happens again. So you're going to do not 25 hours of community service, which seems not very much, but you're going to do 200 or 2,000, or you're going to, do, you're going to go to a class every week for the next year about uh, what's wrong, why you shouldn't be a bully. Or it really puts some real strong teeth into that sentence. Maybe that what people would say, well, the kid you know, went through all this stuff, and you have to go apologize to the victim in person, whatever. But he didn't, the judge didn't do that. So that's not the kid's thought. The, the judge did this. Correct. And that's, that's something to me which I think is, you know, you can't hang that on the kid because he did. And from what I gather, now the mother she says that she, he, the kid continued his, his uh, racial uh, slurs with the kid afterwards. But I, I don't see that anywhere in the, in the, the articles I've seen. Oh, that's 100% correct. And again, I just think in retrospect, I don't know about at the time because we weren't aware of it, but this was kind of a light sentence. But as you said, the judge imposes the sentence. The kid did what he was supposed to do. If he had continued to abuse, um, abuse the victim, as the victim's mother said, Joni Myers Crothers, um, Maybe they should have brought it again. Maybe they yeah. didn't want to put their, th- through their child. I would say to you, again, there's got to be some kind of civil lawsuit here that they probably didn't file because they don't want to put their child through the whole thing of testifying. But he's basically had to relive it through this, including the long statement that he made. So he's in a tough position as well. But the mother, um, from her vantage point, certainly isn't giving up. I don't know if she thinks he should be banned for life. Uh, that would be an interesting question to ask her. But the answer to that is probably yes. Yeah, I would think you know, she's been very outspoken, very yes. uh, protective of her of her son, and rightfully so. But you know, at some point, at some point, you have to say, okay, enough. This happened when the kid was in eighth grade, and he has been convicted. It's on his record. He had to deal with this himself, and it's getting in the way of him living his life. Yeah. Let's 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 go back to some more calls. Let's go over to Maplewood, New Jersey. Tim is standing by. Tim, good morning. You're on the fan. Yeah. How you doing, Rick? Yeah, Tim. Yeah, no, I think uh, you guys uh, took some of my thunder. You mentioned Michael Vick. That's a good example. Um, and, and other people out of the sports realm who, I mean, they're convicted murderers who do their time. They come out and they're, you know, we, we want to rehab people. We want to rehabilitate, give them another chance. And they go on and they, they do well in life. And this kid was, you know, eighth grade. Um, he made bad mistake. It seems like he's lived pretty well since then. Um, you mentioned Michael Vick. There's another player of, uh, in the 70s, Ron LaFleur, who was a player for the Tigers. He was convicted of armed robbery, went to prison, <laughs> and uh, was allowed to, to try out for the Tigers. Did well, had a career after that, and, and many other examples. So I think you look at what Tim. he's done since then, and it seems like he's done well. Um, and, you know, banning someone from, 
from their job? What if he, you know, what if he, someone was a, a plumber or a businessman and they had uh, done something terrible at, at eighth grade and did their time? They're not allowed to go in their profession for the rest of their life. It seems you kind of have to take an individual case. And in this case, it seems like he's, he did his time. He's yeah. been well behaved since. So, um, let's, well, you know, I, I mean, we don't know. We don't know if he's been a Boy Scout since uh, what happened in the eighth grade. However, he we hasn't seen uh, you know any um, headlines. We haven't seen any convictions. Uh, more more run-ins with the law. He seems to, as you said, I don't know if he's done well, but he seems to have been you know, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, he seems to have learned his lesson. And and uh, and straightened up and and tried to fly right. But your point is well taken. And and Tim, I, it's funny you mentioned Ron Lafleur. I was a teammate in the <laughs> get out. Ron, oh boy, Ron, wow. I, I was a teammate of Ron's in in the Tigers uh, minor league organization. And uh, this is going back to the uh, the seventies. And yeah, we, we you know we were amazed. We heard the story that Ron had had was a, was basically scouted by Billy Martin, who at that point was the the manager of the of the Tigers. Um, in prison, and uh, you know they had to do some finagling to see. Well, you know, has he been a good prisoner? Uh, has he been, uh, you know, a good behavior, and so on and so forth. But I forget the exact reason why why Ron was in jail. But it was serious stuff. I mean, I'm gonna say I don't know, uh, who knows, armed robbery, whatever it was. But he was clearly a talented ball player, an elite ball player. Um, but I, in my interactions with Ron, I, found, I know this is going to sound strange because the guy was in prison, uh, serious prison in, in Michigan, but he was a very nice guy, and, and uh, I found him to be um, a pretty much a, a class, classy teammate. Again, he then ended up in the big leagues, uh, played a long time in the bigs, um, and had great talent. Maybe that's another case where an elite athlete gets a, a different kind of break from the average you know, athlete. But, um, yeah, I mean, the question we made, and Tim, I'm glad you brought that up. Ron LaFleur had paid his dues. He had paid his debt to society. And, um, in effect, you know, when he came and got to the big leagues, people were sort of cheering for him. It wasn't that question like, oh, this guy shouldn't be here. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a felon. He's a bad guy. No, they were saying this guy has remade his life. Interesting stuff. Tim, thank you for reminding me of Ron LaFleur from, from a long time ago. Hey, Rick. Steve? Yes, hey, Rick. go ahead. Yes. Um, Another name pops up now that we're talking about Ron LaFleur, but the other name that pops up in my mind now is Allen Iverson, who you'll recall <laughs> was convicted in that bowling alley fight, was literally in jail. They were able to get him out of jail and send him right to John Thompson and talk about a superstar. And you know the career that he went on to, but here's another guy who could have been lost in the system and never really gotten a chance. But again, he's, he was a star to be and was immediately a college star and became an NBA superstar. So once again, to me, the talent level kind of led to all this happening. If he was going to be the eighth player you know, on the bench, I don't know if that would have happened. But it was a big thing. It was a political thing as well. Um, but he winds up at Georgetown, and he winds up becoming an NBA superstar. Yeah, I think that's where we're beginning to hone in on this, that uh, as, we, as we, again, we peel back the layers of the situation, Steve. And my guest this morning, of course, is Steve Callis. We're talking about the fact that it looks like when at the, at all said and done, nobody nobody is, is uh, trying to dispute the fact that this kid didn't get convicted and paid his dues as per the court mandate. But the real question is here is now that he's going to pursue and he's had a pretty good year, a outstanding year in the United States Hockey League, good enough that the Bruins said, we're going to sign this kid and yep. did sign him. Yep. But is he is he worth the hassle, the, the, the weighing of, of, you know, well, is this kid, 
going to be the next superstar for the Bruins, or is he just another kid that maybe get lost in the system, but it's going to result with a lot of headaches, publicity problems, issues that we don't have to deal with, and Correct. we don't want to have that. And that's that's a problem because how do you determine, you know, who makes these calls? Well, you know, there's no there's no right to, to you don't have any right to get a chance to play uh, pro sports. It's just something which is a privilege. Yeah, I wonder if Europe is going to be in uh, a, a possible landing place for uh, Mitchell Miller because that is one thought just coming out of my head. I haven't read that anywhere, but he might have to go somewhere else to prove. But you're going to have to prove to Gary Bettman that you've really changed your way, whatever that means, Rick. <laughs> well, I, I thought about the other day. You said, well, maybe he goes plays uh, overseas in Europe. Maybe they have a different. Uh, sense of uh, of uh, an angle on this because they'll say, well, the kid uh, did basically pay his debt to American society, but he did play the United States Hockey League, which yeah. is a legitimate uh, proving ground for top high, uh, top uh, uh, hockey prospects. Yep. It's a legitimate league. They let him play. I, I wonder if they had problems or, you know, I, I'm reading about that, Steve, whether or not the, the USHL, if fans there protested this kid playing there, I have no idea. But I mean, right. it's 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 weird. Let's let's move on to more calls. Let's go to uh, to Len in uh, in Manhattan this morning. Uh, Len, good morning. You're on the fan. Hi, gentlemen. Uh, forgive me if I stutter or or get a little tongue tied. Uh, I want to say I love your show, and mm-hmm. uh, I want to say that uh, I wanted to talk about solutions. Uh, I see uh, parallels between uh, what's happening to this kid in NHL and. Um, Kyrie Irving in the NBA, right? And it seems to me that um, one solution I think maybe worth considering is as we go forward, before we let professional athletes enter the NHL or the NBA, from what I understand, they have to take like a class in uh, dealing with the media. Mm-hmm. I think perhaps as a part of your contract, they should take a course in cultural and sensitivity training. I think that that would make the leagues look good in front of uh, 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 advertisers and members of the public. And I think it would help these uh, athletes uh, learn what is uh, appropriate conduct in society. It's it's a good idea, Len. As you know, that uh, pretty much every professional uh, sports team these days uh, uh, basically uh, do try to get their kids in the, especially in let's say let's say baseball. Uh, they, they are trained uh, by specialists uh, in the minor leagues uh, about media and how to answer questions. I mean, it's no surprise when you listen to big leaguers today, sometimes when they, where they're asked tough questions, uh, they are sort of seem to say sort of vanilla answers. That's no accident. That's how these kids are trained in the minors to how to respond to difficult or unusual uh, provocative questions. I can also tell you that even back in the days when I was working with the uh, with the then Cleveland Indians uh, as their roving sports psychology coach, uh, yeah, we had tests. Uh, we set up all sorts of tests for prospects as to their mental makeup and how they perceive things and how they would react under awkward situations. And certainly, if a case like this came about uh, with a prospect who was terrific but had a real problem in terms of um, – you know, abuse and bullying as a kid, we would have had a lot of questions, a lot of conversation, do a lot of homework before we'd offer the kid a contract. So, yeah, your point is well taken. Uh, I, I do think uh, we're going to see this more and more often. Len, thank you. Thank you for your thoughts this morning. Steve, we're, we're unfortunately running out of time on this uh, topic, and I, I just want to make sure a couple, a couple of things here. First of all, we do know, and again, I want to reemphasize this, uh, we know that sports parents – they have to 
they have to get more involved. They have to remind their, their athletes that they need to behave. And, of course, that bullying is a crime that, that's obviously with the Mitchell Miller case. That's not going to be forgotten easily. And we've, we talked about high school athletes and social media and how, how kids put stupid, hateful things on Twitter. And they've lost college scholarships because of that. Correct. But I think you've made a good point before that maybe his parents disappeared because they were so embarrassed or whatever. But this is exactly the time when the parents should step up. The kid yes, was of 14. Course. So you got to, you know, advocate for your kid, even in a difficult situation. I will say one more thing. Um, his agent, Mitchell Miller's agent, Eustace King, who is yep. apparently a well-known black agent, yes. um, he, he made a very persuasive, but my problem is always it's the agent or the lawyer or the lawyer agent who writes these things. But in his statement, he didn't say it was Mitchell Miller's statement, he talked about restorative justice, and this is an interesting concept. Um, I spoke to my boss at Speaking of Sports with Steve Callis and WestchesterCountyPost.com, Janelle Albritton, who goes and teaches at the Valhalla Jail, teaches inmates jazz. Mm-hmm. So she's been around these guys, and she talks about how they virtually all of them deserve a second chance. And I would say the concept, no matter what else the guy wrote, which is really like as good a thing as you can write all the things supposedly Mitchell Miller was doing. And, you know, he's trying to pitch for this kid to have a chance. Um, But he talks about this is a chance for restorative justice. So I would say Gary Bettman, uh, despite his comments about he may never ever, you know, essentially lifetime ban, which again strikes me as that's not even something that the courts will uphold after the NHLPA uh, fights that. They said they'll even fight a suspension. I'm all for a suspension. But restorative justice, to give this kid a second chance, this is what we're talking about. But as you've just delineated over the last 55 minutes, it kind of goes where you are on the talent totem pole. And he's a prospect. We don't know that he's going to be a star, but he's not Wayne Gretzky for example. Yeah, I think that's, that's, the, that's the overall takeaway here, that in the, the rough and tumble world of professional sports, yeah, it, you may have paid your debt to society from a long time ago when you were an eighth grader and did some terrible things, but the fact is, the bottom line today is, in order to proceed and move ahead into professional sports, you've got to have superior talent. That's the key. Steve Callis, I can't thank you enough, as always, for uh, taking time to, to chime in on the show this morning. I very much appreciate it. You know, and, and friends, i got to tell you, maybe the, the Mitchell Miller case becomes the defining case in amateur sports where middle school and high school athletes finally need to learn and accept that if you're hazing or bullying a kid, then not only are you going to face legal prosecution, but I might someday come back to keep you from playing sports either in college or even at the pro level. And if I'm a high school AD or high school coach, I think I start every preseason meeting with the school's athletes and parents and let them know about the case of Mitchell Miller and what happened to those kids' dreams. Okay, that's it for me. My thanks, of course, to Ed Arzuman. NFL Preview is next. I'll see you next week on The Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.